0: Good afternoon or good evening, wherever and whenever you may be, and welcome to the first ever Beta Black Spoiler Special Podcast.
1: Woo! Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
0: I'm Mon Warman.
2: I'm Hannah Flint. And I'm Clarice Lockgray.
0: And today we are going to be getting into the great, the good, and the bad of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier the second Disney Plus series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But before me, Hannah and Clarice wax lyrical about Sam Wilson's new capsuit, hate on John, crapped in America, Walker, and deconstruct the dance moves of one Baron Helmut Zemo, I had a chat with showrunner Malcolm Spelman. When I say I had a chat, it's really I'm going to have a chat because at the time of recording this, uh, the chat has not happened yet. It's going to happen tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to it because one of the core themes of this show is racism in America. And this is the first time that Sam Wilson has been written by a black man in the MCU. And now that he has ascended to the role of Captain America, that theme of racism in America is only set to loom larger in Captain America 4, which Spelman is also on board to write. So this is me, hopefully, (laughs) Uh, the chat has gone well. And this is me chatting with Malcolm Spelman. Please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined on this Fade to Black Spoiler Special podcast by the writer and showrunner of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mr. Malcolm Spelman. How are you, sir?
3: I'm good, my man. Um, I'm hoping I can remember everything because <laughs> it was a journey, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, this is a spoiler special, uh, which means we can talk about all of the things in detail. And I want to start at the very end with Sharon Carter being revealed to be the power broker. Did you have any reservations about taking her down this path, given
3: the legacy of the continent? Yeah, that, I mean, that was all part of the discussion. Um, and they knew they love the character and they love uh, the actor. So I think part of what Marvel was doing was, how can we position her so that she can really be a factor in the MCU? And so there was a lot of talk on which way to go and whether or not to redeem her or whatever. And it really was, you know, it's funny because some of the fans are mad, but <laughs> the real reason it happened was so that she can have a journey in MCU. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're just the pristine child of the famous name, the Carter family, you know what I'm saying, what do you really do with that character? But now there's there can be a redemption story or not. I don't know what Kevin has planned. But anyway, yeah, that mm-hmm. was a real, and how dark she got, like, uh, uh, you know... it she was... We went to some different places with her for a while. Anyway, that's a long answer to <laughs> It was a lot of talk. Interesting.
0: Because there, there is a story now online that Sharon Carter may be a scroll. From, from what you're saying, that is not the case. Can you definitively say that she's not a scroll? that
3: this I, is I, Sharon Carter? I cannot de- definitively say anything. Also, I, I don't know what's been... I, I'm not tracking what's been announced. Like, a lot of times mm. when Marvel announces projects, so and i don't have that in 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 my head so i there is so much shit is now happening in mcu i got to be real careful because <laughs> a lot a lot is possible now you know like now way more of the theories that people have on these movies and now series are going to start materializing in a different way cuz they they just have ramped up how much stuff is going to come out
0: right right um another sort of character I found very interesting in this series was Zemo because uh, he's pretty different to his Civil War incarnations, a lot more comics accurate. Uh, was there any sort of pushback on
3: that? Nah, it, it was, you know, so what we track, we really track, it's funny how how the comics and uh, MCU intersect because hmm. you really have to track, uh, what is it, Avengers 2? Avengers um, one um, yeah. And We did the tracking exercise that you spend weeks, weeks, literally with an entire room full of writers, tracking these characters, tracking the events that have happened. Like you build these timelines, right, of all the shit that's happened in the MCU. And what would this character with all he's been through genuinely think? And all of a sudden, yeah, they start to intersect with with the with the with the with the original DNA of the comics. Just off a of natural of of off an of organic uh, organic flow, but we really wanted him. We really wanted to make his point of view very very strong. He always had it. He never really loved superheroes, right? Mm. But he never had a chance to express why. He never had a chance to prove that his opinion on the world is as valid as anyone else's. And and that was a journey we took him on.
0: Yeah, no, one of the things uh which I'm sure many fans liked was the moment where he puts his mask on. Uh was that so sort of specifically for the fans or was yes. there another reason that he did that? That
3: that I mean, <laughs> we we went different places with it, but that was for the fans. I mean and we got fired up, dude. I gotta tell you, someone put up on the wall a big ass concept art image of GMO holding the mask in a forest <laughs> at nighttime. From behind and then another frame where like Splash Page basically, where he's turned with the mask on, facing the cat, and we're like, that shit is going in. You know what
0: I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> Fair enough. Powerful imagery. Got yeah. it. Um so in your mind, is Zemo's story done or is his placement at the raft very strategic? There's been a lot of talk about the Thunderbolts,
3: for instance. Um I, I, where do I you see you, I can I, I can tell you the truth because i don't know where it's going it's not done but i i, I swear to god i have no idea where it's going okay and they don't tell you they don't they 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 keep you in a bubble man you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> i hear you
0: um so i want to ask about bucky uh you may remember the last time i spoke to you i asked him i asked you about sort of whether he was queer or bisexual how do you see it now that we're at the end of this series and um is that something that you still hope to be properly defined in the future, or were you trying to do it, it with this series? It, it's
3: it's hard, man, because like Marvel has hella regard for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. But you also just have to let the characters. Like, like, what do you do if another character like that? Like, what if the what, what if the Eternals show up on the planet or what? If, you know what I'm saying? And because of the way these stories work the events of the stories force characters into directions. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like we step into a room saying a character is or isn't this. A lot of times, the best example I can give you is, look what just happened in the last two Avengers movies, right? Where would you find space to send Bucky on a different trajectory? There isn't, you know what I'm saying? There is none. So, mm-hmm. you know, as as he lives on, you know, you I, I do think the fans need to know the the journey on what gets explored with Bucky or not really is up to the story the character emerges in, and then it has to happen organically. But no one says yes Mm -hmm. or no to anything.
0: Okay, interesting. What would you like to see in regards to
3: Bucky's sexuality yourself, just in terms of how you see the character? Man, I hadn't, I didn't even know, I didn't even know it was this potent of a discussion. You know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. come on so I don't know I don't know how to like, like I said I don't trip to me as long as things feel honest you know what I'm saying yeah then you do it and I do think Marvel has proven that they're they're not scared you know what I'm saying i but I that's not a that's not a spoiler or whatever I have no idea where mm-hmm. to go but i I don't be caring man it's just, it's I mean, in a good way i'm I'm not uh, I, I agree with their edict, which is let them go on a journey they're gonna go on organically. Like if we, if it's not just about Bucky's sexuality. It's like if we had showed up with an agenda for Sam or or Isaiah, where you're dealing with race, right? And not let the characters, you know, like we needed Sam to land in a certain place at the end of the movie. And if I'm showing up with preconceived notions on where I want that character to be in terms of race and whether or not he can be captain america we might not have a black cap you know what i'm saying you gotta let the stories lead so i i i i hadn't thought, i can't honestly say i have an opinion but whoever picks up the pen or the keyboard i'm gonna embrace whatever direction he goes in
0: 100 percent 100 percent um another thing i wanted to ask you about bucky um we we find we find out sort of early on in the series that he has been pardoned on the condition that he abides by a very strict set of rules right but he's like he's broken zemo out of jail he's he's been hanging out with zemo he's been doing some winter soldiery stuff again so what's bucky's status
3: right now is he on the run is he yeah. sort of still pardoned no, what's, what's what gonna happen honestly as much as he wasn't getting around going and here's our logic behind the scenes right yeah the shrink Likes Bucky, wants Bucky to go on this journey of redemption. And that's why she asks him, she gives him the three steps for the amends. And she knows when Bucky's bullshitting her or not. But you can tell she's not gonna go out and try and fry him, right? Mm-hmm. Then once Walker gets him out, Walker has the jurisdiction of the entire government behind him, plus nefarious sources that he doesn't even know are looking out after him like Val and them, right? So mm-hmm once Walker says, oh, he's with me now, he's cleared or whatever, right? It's even when Walker was getting pissed at him, at no point, point in the, this is what I was saying earlier about the story leading the, the thing, there's no point you can look at this journey and say, oh, Walker would have taken time away from him hunting down the Flag Smashers and then avenging, avenging Lamar to go say, Bucky's no longer under my jurisdiction. So in our mind, with the juice Walker has, Bucky was cleared, in all that, he's still pardoned, he's still cleared. And again, we wanted him to come in with one identity that's sort of still stained by the Winter Soldier. And by the end of this movie, he is redeemed, he's laughing, he's hanging out with the people in Louisiana or whatever. And we feel like now Bucky is wide open to go on some kind of major journey.
0: Hmm. Did you consider changing his sort of um name at the end obviously you changed it from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier
3: was there ever discussion about Captain America and something else it it, it is I I'm a, I'm gonna I'm put my ego to the side because I love the moment I gotta tell you I didn't know they were doing Captain America and the Winter Soldier ah. until the first <laughs> time I saw a cut and I got choked <laughs> up and that shit leveled <laughs> me so much that. I, was, I didn't even think, you know what I'm saying? I, until right till you asked right now. So I, I had not thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That was that one came up with that. It was great. What a great moment.
0: Yeah, no, I loved it too. Um, so I wanted to ask about Isaiah Bradley, who I thought Carl Lumber's performance in this show was just incredible. Um, I've been a fan of his for ages and he's, he's incredible. His presence in the MCU now makes me ask a lot of questions about the wider MCU in terms of who knew what about him When and who was complicit. For example, Peggy Carter was one of the founders of S.H.I.E.L.D. Did she know? Nick Fury knows all of the things. Did he know? Did did, did you have any conversations? We have writers here
3: for this. You don't understand what happens (laughs) in those hallways and those rooms once you start playing with this. So much shit There's like between who was at Kydra, who was at S.H.I.E.L.D., who was. Oh my God, I can't remember, like. I, we knew this. We someone someone was like, "Well, Steve is cleared. He was frozen, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, 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 and if, and everyone agreed, if Steve would have known, he would have brought it out. And then who at Shield we know Hydra knew. I, I'm a, I'm gonna fuck this up, um, um, but I promise you, we need Castelline or Nate, or we need Castline and <laughs> Nate on this Zoom to get into who knew and who didn't, because I know the founding principle was we had to limit the scope. Like we felt like Hydra infiltrated whatever program had Isaiah was not a Hydra program, Hydra infiltrated and got it. And we felt like the uh, the knowledge of who knew and who didn't for the logic to work had to be contained because once too many people know, then the people who would get them out would have known. And then also how did that nurse declare him dead? Um, So I can't remember, long-winded way to say, I can't remember uh, 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 if that got, uh, how deep into S.H.I.E.L.D. that got. um, um, AIM, I, I, fuck, because we, man, we were going in on the book. We went into the history on the, uh, when Zemo had the book on the Winter Soldier program and him knowing like the list of scientists who have built the serum, oh, fuck. There was even a dude, I don't know. I'm sorry, you just, I'm (laughs) I'm trying to go back.
0: (laughs) If you remember, email me afterwards. (laughs) I will, you know,
3: maybe I'll loop you in with an email, one of the writers.
0: For sure, for sure. I I wanted to ask follow-up on that, actually, um, because, again, knowing knowing that Isaiah is now a presence in the MCU has me thinking when Bucky murdered the Starks, was it Isaiah's blood that was in the back of the Stark's car?
3: Um, no, it was uh, the 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 time. Who did the timeline on the uh, the scientists who worked on the super serum program? Because Nagel picked up off of who, whoever got Isaiah's blood. That's who. That that's the etymology of Isaiah's strain of super soldier serum. There is a there's a scientist you'll probably know better than me who's a generation before Nagel, and Nagel got it from his studies. Um, and someone's going to, Dalen or Kat's or someone's going to have to come back to you with that. But no, that, we, did, we did not get into, that was Isaiah's blood in the back of Stark's car.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, over the last few weeks about a lost storyline due to the pandemic. Um, if so, what was that storyline and how much rejigging did you guys have to do? Um, I've been told
3: to stop saying that, but <laughs> for you, I'm gonna say it because I loved it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it wasn't, yeah. it had nothing to do with the pandemic. Uh, I, when, okay. when I talked to you, when this comes, because I wanna do, I wanna see if we can get some of the writers and do a, a book run on it because oh, I, can- I, I think Kevin Duggar. but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I've been told to stop talking about that.
0: okay no worries um did you initially have more episodes to play with you'll to tell me that
3: we were first we were first up and so we started with eight you know what i'm saying and Hmm. uh uh it it was in breaking out because we do a whole methodical process like before you even outline an episode let alone write one you've kind of mapped out every single person's story across episodes and we were starting to see flab you know what I'm saying, in it. And so it just, it it went from eight to six very, very organically. Mm-hmm. And that felt like the number that could satisfy, I don't know if I told you this, but Kevin had this mandate of, I want to go uh, horizontally, I want to go as deep as a serialized story can, horizontal meaning, you know, like, like this. Mm-hmm. But I want each movie to feel like a, each episode to feel like a movie, which is vertical storytelling, right? And so the part of the number of episodes was how do you keep the pressure on while still allowing room to breathe? And six ended up just organically becoming that number.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I thought Wyatt Russell was fantastic as John Walker. I love how he slowly unraveled throughout the course of the show. Um, his actions in the final episode seems to indicate that there's still some good
3: in him. How are, you, how are we meant to view him at this point? It, uh, Wyatt was transcendent in that the layers that we thought we added in the writer's room, he added like four more layers to the character. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm honest, I wonder, cause you know Marvel won't tell me what they have planned for the character. Right. But mm-hmm. I wonder if the way he played him may have opened up even more doors for him. So I think we never wanted to, we knew this, we wanted to, even though we knew the audience wasn't going to believe he was going to really be cap. We Mm -hmm. wanted to give him enough humanity and enough patriotism that you'd understand why they gave him the shield in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And then why Mm -hmm. I got to admit, man, the, those, the, just the, the, the 13 different ways he plays a given moment where, Sometimes he's clueless. Sometimes he's an utterly human, great guy, right? Sometimes he's arrogant. If we gave him four layers, he added six more on his own. And I do think now John think about where John Walker can go. He's not limited by the books now, but the way why I played him, he could go, he could go as dark as the books if they want, right? Because that's in there. But he could go way more righteous than he was ever depicted if they wanted to. Mm.
0: I think people online wanted more accountability uh, for him because you know we see him bash somebody's brains in with the shield. Uh, we see him sort of try and kill uh, Sam and Bucky. Um, you know, what, what I'm wondering with that was was not being sort of held more accountable. The point in terms of like if if, if a black cap had done that,
3: then you know people would be like
0: throwing that guy it, in jail. It
3: is. It is. It's interesting. Like first of all, he was he was fairly, to, to remember this, you have the government backed him as cap and, right. and that's a new thing. And he so in a weird way, even when he had the shield, he was US agent in that he was an agent in the United States government. And when you see again, Val who, whether, again, we can't get speculate on who Val is working for, right? But when you see the kind of people that were behind him How accountable could he ever be held? And when you see the government move like this, whether it's Oliver North or whatever, right, that just is the way things go. On top of that, from his perspective, anything other than the most honorable discharge or uh, medal rewarded behavior is a personally decimating uh, 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 infraction and watch the way Wyatt plays it, he's fucked up, you know what I'm saying, after everything that happens to Mm -hmm. him. So on a personal level, I think he paid a very – this shit cracked his brain up, you know what I'm saying. He went and lied to Lamar's family. But on a pragmatic level, man, I don't know. Like Again, I don't want to get overly political, but if you look at what Oliver North and those guys did, you know what I'm saying, no one got held accountable. That just isn't how it goes.
0: I get you. I get you. Uh, This is a question that (laughs) I'm sure you come across. Did you ever consider a Steve Rogers cameo? Or did you discuss actually giving us a definitive answer to where Steve is? I will say
3: this. I'm not going (laughs) to answer that question, but there was a lot of, I won't say what people were begging for, but a lot of people were begging. (laughs) uh, 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 Yeah, I got to be careful because I got, I'm losing some (laughs) time. But it, it it yeah yeah i i'm just gonna I'm not gonna answer that, but I think you know
0: <laughs> fair enough, um one of the big moments in the series is when Carly kills Lamar Hoskins, um, and that the first character who dies in this show is a black
3: man does not feel like an accident, so two things: number one, there was no way for us to send uh uh Walker on his journey without Lamar being killed, and number two. Mm-hmm when we, when we, when, as we were breaking the story, when we got to that point, you, the discussion immediately comes up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's almost a fucking trope. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. how we've been positioned in stories over, at least from my era, like from the, from, from the movies I saw all from the beginning of the eighties, all the way through now, the purpose of the black character was either magic, magical Negro whose job is to service a white character. No other purpose other than to service a white character. And once that white character uh uh has gone on their journey, the magical Negro can disappear in the in the witchcraft. or the black guy or girl, but 99% of the time guy who's there to get killed somewhere near the end of Act Two. You know what I'm saying? So we were not we were not uh unaware of the movie trope of it. Then there's all the discussion in the military. Like, if you, like again, I don't want to go too heady, but there were, through the Black soldiers were often positioned, you know what I'm saying? Like, the easiest version to give you is if you read the book Bloods said in Vietnam, right, that we were asked to walk point always, you know what I'm saying? And mm. so you're always going to be putting that thing. All, all that was the stew, and it was just so obvious to us that once that moment happens, because we felt like we earned it by telling all these other stories, the audience would go on it. And I think the audience completely got it. You know what I'm saying?
0: 100%. Captain America and Wakanda have always had a connection, both in the comics and the MCU. And I think with Sam getting his cap suit from Wakanda, that connection is only strengthened now. And that's that's the first African-American superhero getting the suit from the most powerful
3: african nation in the mcu they had to do us <laughs> back with a stiff you to see what we wanted to do <laughs> like it
0: was gonna be a black really?
3: panther captain america hybrid if they would have let it you know what i'm saying like it, it was not really no 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 because i realized when i make jokes like that people thought thor, <laughs> people thought thor was gonna appear in uh, uh episode five and i'm like wait i was just yeah. joking so um, no we were th- we were very very we aware, aware of the significance of it, and like I said, you gotta understand, man when you have you know uh uh black comic nerds in a writer's room getting these even the smallest opportunities, it's just a it's just a fucking it's magic dude it's a magic moment to imagine all the discussions that happened all the things that could happen you know what I'm saying it w- that was a huge deal for us yeah. Nah,
0: it was very very cool. Uh, Sam needs to book a trip to Wakanda and, and give Shuri a thank you note. I, Sam. I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I, want, I want her in
3: here, but I don't know what what Kooten was doing. Yeah. But I, I wish that she would have yeah. could she could have been in it. Yeah. Um. So
0: Captain America four. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, my man. Love that news. Um. Does that mean that there's not going to be a season two of this show? Um. Have you had any, any discussions about that yet?
3: I, I mean, I oh, the only thing I can say is this. It will be Kevin, Nate, Lou, Victoria, and the other senior execs who decide where it goes. Um, what you are now seeing from the announcement of this, this movie, right, is that the MCU, the way they're going to play off each other, now every, it's just it just is so much more uh, dynamic where these things can go. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, think about it. Like, you now can see, think of series almost as like, Runs with this connective uh, tissue to to movies, so I don't know. I I don't I, I don't know where it's going to go, but everything is possible now. At what point does Captain America four take place within the MCU? Um, I can't tell you, but holy shit, the amount even that math because of the MCU is a little bit in the future, right? And they so I what's my man? I just need you to appreciate what I have to go through. <laughs> They will not tell me exactly what's going on. Right. But they'll be like this. You no, 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 no. You can't do that because, and then they'll give me a small gem. And I'm like, Oh (laughs) fuck. That happened. That means that you go back to the books and you start reading, you're like, Oh shit. So Hmm. I can't tell you what it is, but massively significant things are going to happen before, before our movie. Okay.
0: Interesting. Um, I'm hoping one of the significant things is that we get more Sam and Isaiah Bradley scenes uh, because I think you know, they emotionally resonated with me and I think they emotionally resonated with a lot of people. Uh, is that something which you're confident that, you, that we're going to see?
3: Um, I, 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 I don't want to get in trouble no more. <laughs>
0: okay, so that's fair. Maybe you can answer this. Um, racism in America is a big theme in this show and you talk about it in a substantial way, which I love without ever actually mentioning or saying the word racism. I'm assuming that was deliberate,
3: and I'm curious as to why you went with that strategy. It was because you'd have to be a fool not to see what we were talking about. And we Mm -hmm. wanted to embrace all the MCU fans in that, to me, I always, probably 9% in the podcasts or interviews I do, you know, I say we are only here because of Black Panther, particularly that hashtag Killmonger was right, right? And because the Marvel mm-hmm. fans let that happen, you know what I'm saying? And rewarded Marvel with great, great box office and showed the world that we could go there, right? So once we learned that mm-hmm. the fans were that sophisticated, right, we were like, why, why not just let the flow of this if we know the MCU fans are going to be able to pick it up, why push it to the point that it sounds like a Twitter comment or whatever when you're fucking seeing it? I mean, Isaiah is a wreck. You know what I'm saying? Isaiah is a wreck and he's scarred. Wouldn't we be diminishing it with words when he lifts up his shirt? Bro, you know, you know, If if you have any sense of history, you know what image is coming into mind when he lifts up that shirt. What could we put into words mm-hmm. that would trump that? You know what I'm saying? And that that doubt that, that's what it was. We just felt like it was the fans, we felt like the fans would get it, and that it would kind of be not corny, but it'd just be too much like a Twitter comment or whatever. And again, the best way I can say it is this when Isaiah li- lifts up his shirt. Anybody with any sense of history knows what image pops into mind.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's really interesting. I, I do agree with you in the wider respect, in that you know most fans got it, but you know watching the show week to week, seeing how everyone is analyzing everything, there were, there were many Marvel fans who didn't get it, and he was sort of like, you know, don't make it so work, don't make it about race, as you know, you, the writer, showrunner of the show, uh, reading, reacting to. What everyone's putting out week to week. How have you just found that experience? I had
3: I, I had to fall back um because I need I need to be I need to be uh uh immune. You know what I'm saying? And so I can't repress mm-hmm. I I I I the few few people have seen me comment either on a YouTube thread or on uh IG. No, I'm not able to completely keep it out of my life but I try hard to mm-hmm. because I can't have it affect I can't have it affect the creative you know what I'm saying like I'm already back into this world and I need to be able to to be free unencumbered by that stuff but I hear about it and I have discussions uh uh with some of my writers about it and you know um I, I think projects like this make it hard for certain people to avoid certain conversations that they need to have.
0: Malcolm, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. And congratulations once again on the show.
3: Thank you, my bro, my dude.
0: So that was me chatting with Malcolm Spellman about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Before we get specific about the show, Hannah, what were your general thoughts about the second Disney Plus series in the MCU?
1: I liked it. I didn't love it. Hmm. Um... I'm like when it's like when Bruce Springsteen, like Rolling Stones, does a, does a Bruce Springsteen review, and it's like, oh my god, Rolling Stones gave it like four stars. <laughs> this is a like an album. It's like, oh my god, how could you do that? And not to say that I think Falcon the Winter Soldier is as good as Bruce Springsteen because no one could do that. But I I, I think my <laughs> like the boss is the boss for a reason. Um, I I think in a way I have such affection. For the MCU and the characters that I, I think certainly as an invested viewer, I've probably like liked a, a more than I probably would have had a conference separately. Um, I think, um, it posed some interesting ideas. Um, I kind of liked certain elements of like when it came to like the character development of Bucky and Sam. Um, but there are some really there's some quite big misses for me. Um, and I think, you know, I think we needed more episodes. I think that's, you know, I think we needed, I think it would have benefited from, especially some of the things that will go into detail a bit more. Um, I think we need more of that, but also, um, I really, my biggest takeaway is that Bucky and Sarah, Sam's sister should be making, making the love, making <laughs> the love in time. <laughs> I think she needs, she's, she's, she's had a hard, she's had a hard five years. He's had a hard hundred years and <laughs> think he deserves to get some lucky
2: <laughs> has he had any yet um, what's, what's his deal? i'm
0: sure like the, the the i got the vibe <laughs> in in captain america the first avenger i got the vibe that he was having a lot uh often um <laughs> okay. with a lot of people um, i
1: didn't at all i actually he was what, a ladies we man in that about? film who sat but bucky yeah and then they castrated him and basically made a non-sexual beast for the next like hundred. He is such a ladies man. He was getting it. He was getting it. Like it was like, yes. And then, they, and, and you know, we can have a whole conversation about how sexless, sexless the MCU is really, which I'm hoping Taika Waititi will kind of change with Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> um, but yeah, he deserves, he deserves to get his mojo back. We want to see Bucky back in action. Bucky, Bucky. Oh my God, that's really awful. Sorry.
0: That is definitely staying in. Clarice, what are your thoughts?
2: No, don't, no. Maybe time to process that. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think like my, my sort of one line to take from it is there was there was so many interesting ideas being brought into it, and I think what it kept coming up against was a the the six episode format, which they were hour long episodes. It seems like a long time, but somehow it wasn't um, and also, I think it kept butting up against just and I feel I feel bad because I feel like this is just my perpetual critique of of Marvel, but i I always sense that in in marvel properties there's always something really interesting idea uh, going on but they have trouble like getting that across with all the demands of the mcu Ooh. like you know this is still a tv show just like one division ended with a bunch of people doing zoomies <laughs> in the air <laughs> flying around like you know you had all these interesting ideas about you know racism and identity and still ended with a big zoomie across the New York River um which you know I'm not saying was was the problem but I think it is that thing that Marvel at the moment is having a little bit of an identity crisis where they're bringing in fascinating creators who have really interesting things to say, but they don't know how quite to get that across in a way that still fits the formula. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's interesting. Like, I I half agree with you on the zoomies. I love your word for it, by the way. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, I I half agree because like I I get why you know those aren't your favorite bits to an extent, but I do appreciate how, to me, Marvel always, that, that there's always another aspect to the final act as opposed rather than just the fighting. There's always like um an emotional aspect or a story aspect or more than not a character aspect with all the pyrotechnics going on around it. I think of something like Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yes, that final act is, you know, lots of things exploding and fighting or whatever, But at the heart of that final act is Cap versus Bucky and that friendship and Cap trying to bring Bucky back to the side of the Angels. That's like the heart of that final act. And I think um, they try and incorporate that aspect in all of their big zoomies. I'm definitely adopting this term. It's an emotional zoomie. Oh, I love an
1: emotional zoomie. That's my favorite type of
0: zoomie. Um, In terms of my general thoughts about this show, I think I'm on like a 60-40 split between satisfaction and frustration. The On the whole, this was a show that I enjoyed. Um, I think they got the important stuff right. And the most important thing about this show is Sam's ascent uh, to becoming Captain America. And I think they got that right. It's interesting, at the end of Endgame when Sam has bequeathed the shield, that was a big moment for me watching that moment play out. Um, and I could easily see a version of this show where episode one is Sam in full cap suit already doing the job. Um, but that would be the easy way to sort of tell the story. This is the hard way uh, in terms of, you know, having him really sort of earn that mantle and become that that symbol um, in a way that makes sense for the character. Because yes, you would have doubts about putting on that suit and taking that shield into battle, given the history of America um, both in the show and in real life. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of a lot about this show which mirrors real life. Um, you think, think about the Truth, Red, White, and Black comics, which sort of mirror the Tuskegee experiments, which is how we got the Isaiah Bradley character um, in the show. If you have not read Truth, Red, White, and Black, please seek it out. It's a fantastic comic. But the heart of that, Isaiah Bradley is sort of the good and the bad of the show, in a sense, because Isaiah Bradley, this show has gotten a lot of criticisms for the past of the six weeks but i think you ask anybody about isaiah bradley and everybody will say his his scenes his role was fantastic and it was fantastically done and carl lumbly is an awesome actor carl lumbly isaiah bradley across six hours of the show he's in the show for 15 minutes and if you think about how core how important that character is to the wider core theme of the show he's got to be in there more like I don't understand why you would relegate to sort of the big, heavy scenes with Isaiah Bradley to the last two episodes. That should be the core, that should be a core focus all the way from episode one through to episode six. So that was a frustration, but the in general, I think, they get this, I think they get the Sam story right. I like a lot of what they did with John Walker. I like some of what they did with Bucky. It's the other elements around it which just feel undercooked. And when you only have six episodes to play with, you need to make sure that you are setting up important things uh, at the beginning from the get go and that you don't have so much to juggle that you know you can focus on the things which need focusing on and i think more often than not when the falcon and the winter soldier hasn't been singing it's because of one of those two things that haven't that they haven't sort of taken the time to sort of do or in terms of either setting up or they just got so much to juggle like i think of episode 3 in particular it's pulled in so many different directions and the focus that you would need on something like Sharon Carter and her story is not, you haven't got that. And as a consequence, the overall show suffered a little bit.
1: Should we, should we look at individual characters? Because as you mentioned, there's quite a few, and I think it'd be good yeah. to kind of like maybe look at each of them. So, if, you know, I think let's, let's go on the main thing. And that way like what we talk about. I think we can talk about like Sam and I suppose Isaiah, in a way, because their their storylines are very connected mm-hmm. in a way that I think is more than Bucky and Sam's storylines in this in this TV show. I mean, let's talk about the racism. one thing that I feel, and it's my thinking about the MCU in general. It's you know it goes back to like that that um, you know that feminist lineup in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't earned. <laughs> they did not earn that. They did not earn that. And you know, I think <laughs> women. We have women. We have like yeah, five it's of like, them. Hey, look, women. And I think what well, my <laughs> issue with Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the way that race plays out. It's like okay, but what's been happening for the last twenty <laughs> years of films? Because it felt like rushed, and it was like. And it, it, in a way, if you think about like how often Sam's featured in this, how many black characters featured in this whole MCU universe, why is it only, I suppose, after Black Panther, which I also think in a way slightly talks about racism in America, but actually it's more about a global colonization. Mm-hmm. It's actually, that's a, that's a kind of slightly side narrative about what was going on in Oakland. And, you know, as you see with Killmonger, that wasn't, that was part of it, but this was, supposed to be the first series to really cut onto it and it, it i suppose in a way i was like somewhat it reminded me of how little has actually been done by the mcu to really address the issues even in a way that you know what what the mcu is so good at is like leaving crumbs like it's like oh we've left this crumb here and it's going to lead to something else mm-hmm. and it felt like there's none of that there are none. There's no moments. I, I mean, maybe I need to rewatch them again for like the hundredth time. But like, <laughs> I don't remember any moments really in the series up until maybe Black Panther has as even kind of come to terms with racism at all, if anything, because only I mean, perpetuate racist stereotypes. And we can, you know, I'll talk about. I'll save a special, special like oh. Shang Chi and <laughs> like the Ten Rings later. But yeah,
0: I agree. But I think that with Black Panther. And what they're doing in phase four, the MCU has you know, begun to realize that and is trying to make am- not make amends, but it's, it's trying to it's, it's, trying, it's to trying to assist. It's, yeah, it's trying to course, course correct. It's trying to course correct, for sure. And I, I appreciate that.
1: Just to go into when I came into this show, like mm-hmm. it, the fact that you mentioned we only get into the racism quite far in. And the mm-hmm. sixth episode, like it wasn't from the beginning. It was so subtle. And and it just felt like actually you need to go in this head on like, Mm -hmm. because this is what it deserves. You've wasted so much time. You should have got into it earlier. And I felt like actually, you know, having that narrative, then having like the kind of John Walker, again, a lot of things that aren't said in that John Walker thing, like, you know what felt really slightly frustrating. And sorry, I know we we're talking about John Walker, but like I felt like you know he's got a mixed race girlfriend. His best friend is black, but like we're not even taught. He's not even coming to terms of the fact his white privilege, right? Throughout it, there's no moment. Like I know he's like the bad guy, but again, as we know, he's like a victim, a victim, I suppose himself. That's what it's trying to say of like military mm-hmm. and yeah, again, you know, bureaucracy and military powers are the pro are the real problem here. But it just felt like it needed that from the beginning. and needed to actually just be like honest. Like it felt like it was pulling its punches. That's how I felt. I felt like it pulled its punches. And then went, and then with the ending where it finally finally got down to it, it, it was all tied up a bit too neatly. <laughs> like I love that he said, look, people aren't going to accept me. But then it's like, you know, the Isaiah Bradley thing where, you know, how quickly did they make that statue by the way? <laughs> like how long was the time <laughs> between like him doing that? But um, I think it was too tidy it was like oh we're gonna put you in this museum I'm sorry but I thought this is the guy who's had to be in hiding for how many years and suddenly you're gonna put that are you gonna put into the into that memorial the fact that he was tested on against his will is that thing that has all these details of his history is that telling the truth of what he went through or is that another whitewash of like that experience that what annoyed me because I think he deserved better so yeah that's kind of my with the race angle I just felt like it would pull its punches and then it didn't earn the ending, that it kind of tried to deliver.
0: I will say that the on the plaque, because I, I paused it because I'm a MCU nerd and I wanted to read it. Um, it did say that he was experimented on against not against his world, but like he he didn't sort of know what they were testing him with. Uh and they say that, you know, he went behind enemy lines to rescue uh, you know, his fellow P.O. His, to, to rescue POWs, but he got uh put in jail for it because there are people who did not want to to tell the story of a black super soldier, a black American super soldier. All of that is on the plaque in, in the
1: but I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that the government, w- given all the secrecy that they go under, I don't believe that he could have said, Right, you're going to put this on there. Because then why isn't that asking even more questions? Where's the reparations like for people who've been tested on? Because that opens up he, Isaiah Bradley wasn't the only one he was tested on. So what? I, that's what I mean. It's like it's too. <laughs> I know it's a show and it can't do everything, but I just feel mm. like if you're going to if you're going to introduce this and say actually oh the government isn't that bad it will allow them to have memories of this it's like I just don't I don't believe it in a show that's quite unbelievable
2: (laughs) 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 I I think my my takeaway from it was I I really liked that the writers confronted and were like right we're going to confront the idea of supremacy i know this is a zemo line but i actually like that he was talking about ideas of supremacy and he went nazis the avengers mm-hmm. <laughs> and and i that's one of, that was one of my favorite aspects of it is seeing um the marvel writers be quite self-critical about the superheroes and and you know who are they are they just basically like very powerful cops um, mm-hmm. and it's it felt like they were starting that conversation and I was really invested in it and really interested in it but then I think it goes back to my thing about how it's so hard to break out of the MCU formula because by the final episode they're working with the cops <laughs> and the cops are the heroes and it's like the NYPD help um, capture all the fire smashers and then they, they all go yay we did it and it, it, it felt like oh like I I I really understand Sam's Arc. I, I liked that that he said like look i i understand the complexities of taking on this title and and i understand like how complex the image of america is for a, for a black man but um seeing like you know realizing that also captain america is a symbol and i think him seeing the potential of what he could do with it i thought that was great i loved that but then it was just it's it just kept coming up against against those sort of like tropes of not just marvel but superhero cinema in general where like superheroes are kind of just big cops, they're cops, they're cops mm-hmm. that cops that cops punch or, yeah. they're cops with lasers that come out of their heads and mm-hmm. and i would love to see i would love and maybe we'll get that one day like a a mainstream superhero property to really go in hard on that
0: mm. so we all like uh, what they did with Sam's storyline in general. What do we think of uh, the Winter Soldier's Arc, Bucky?
2: I have one question about Bucky. <laughs> um no it's not the question you think it's gonna be. It's to be she first... she's, she's like greasing you up the first question I had we'll get to the thing the other thing afterwards the first thing that I messaged everybody after I finished the show can I just say I I chose to wa- I watched this instead of the drag race finale so I'm very I just want you all to know how committed I am <laughs> to, to this podcast thank I, you and I know who won because I didn't watch it so I had it spoiled so um, yeah I the the end title so we get the change that it's no longer Falcon and the Winter Soldier it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier but surely Bucky is also not the Winter Soldier anymore should it not be Captain America and like well White Wolf but that, I don't know if that's
0: he, he he
2: Bucky? He, Bucky Bucky <laughs> <laughs> yeah like Captain yeah. America and, and
1: Bucky <laughs> <laughs> and his think, Captain America and his friend Bucky. No, but that's got big. What's it called? What's that thing from Hamilton where it's like, and Peggy,
0: <laughs> yes, Angelica, <laughs> work, work, Eliza, and Peggy. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's
1: what it is. Big <laughs> <Yeah>. Peggy energy. <laughs> I, I
0: think only Wakandans uh, use the term White Wolf, and at mm. this point, only, only the only person using White Wolf is Iyo, uh, member of the Dawn Milaje, who. Uh, gets the most of the screen time in the show because she has a personal relationship of sorts uh, with Bucky, having helped him uh, get peace. I mean, right now, um, Bucky, I I wouldn't say in Wakanda as a whole that he is welcome, given what he does in this show. Um, but yeah, yes, I think maybe Captain America and Bucky, um, because now sort of you know I not I don't, I, I agree with you in that the Winter Soldier doesn't feel appropriate at this point. Um, but I'm not sure the term should be white wolf either.
1: I also yeah. just think that title card at the end wasn't actually indicative of anything. I think they just wanted to have a title card that said Captain America now, like to officially say that mm-hmm. that's how the series is ended. Um, because like, because the thing is interesting, Bucky. Like, I, I really respect Sebastian. I think I, I think Sebastian Stan delivered a really, really brilliant performance in this. I think he really. I just think he's such a little sensitive soul. And so often he's been this very, like, I don't know about you, but like those moments at the end where he smiled, (laughs) I just wanted Mm -hmm. to like to cry because it just felt like that you don't see him smile ever. You don't, you never see him. It's such, it's so rare to see him Deliver a genuine smile now. Even like in the past films, even when he was like not brainwashed, he didn't smile. He was just like a mm-hmm. see dead people all the time. It's mm-hmm. like that's his whole life, and and I, I really like the the idea that he's going to come out a bit more. I you know I I think his whole thing with like making amends and therapy. I just thought you really they are really framed it like he should make amends like he wasn't this what's really annoying me like he was brainwashed like it's not like it's not like you know he was working for the military and he was like you know I was just following orders he was literally not allowed to do it he was tortured and traumatized and forced to do these things that he didn't want to do His was body is ripped apart like it's like honestly the worst thing and I can understand that he wants to make amends because he's he can remember it. He knows that he did that and knows that he kind of caused that problem. But I also felt like there's a lack of sensitivity there that really kind of got into the fact that someone should have said, dude, like make amends, but also remember it. it's like you weren't... In- like, I just feel like they didn't push that enough. And I think that's so important as well. I think, you know, I think in a way it was like he was a, he was victim blamed a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I
2: kind of saw it as him just processing because it was that's the thing. it wasn't like the government asked him to do it. It was his therapist said. um
1: government mandated therapists, though, and she was true, basically true. an extension of them. he was she was less true. concerned about her <laughs> only concern was getting him match ready. like that's like <laughs> the only thing she was really there for, yeah, but
2: I feel like it is quite a good because i I felt like especially when he did that final apology or not or like when he said, he told the the dad like I killed your son Mm -hmm. but like but he said the wind no he said the winter soldier killed your son and that was me I think it I get what you mean but I think I sort of also liked the story that he was able to to like let go of it because he needed to do something to just let go of the trauma associated with the brainwashing
1: agreed Agreed. and especially as like that character was like a a, like he, he was just an innocent bystander rather mm-hmm. than actually integral to it. And I understand that so much, but I mean, it's like, I think it, you know, I think you sent me this, or we both looked at the same kind of Twitter thread from like a therapist saying how like yeah. he was treated. And I think, I think it was quite, I don't know. I felt like given that we've just gone, like did a whole show about like Wanda processing her grief and the way she did it. And it didn't even have a therapist, like an official therapist <laughs> for her to deal with. I think that dealt with that kind of, that kind of therapeutic I think that the way it dealt with therapy and the kind of how we process things I think it was whereas this one was like very much on the nose like who's got a therapist but I just I thought it was a bit awkward. I just don't think it was handled that well but I will say I think I really want to see more from Bucky for sure I'm really excited to see where he goes and like and and to be honest I just think he should yeah as I've said you know he He needs to stay down south. (laughs) He needs to be running that boat with Sarah.
0: (laughs) You mentioned the uh, therapist thread, um, which was very, very interesting to read. I actually think that the best therapist for Bucky is Sam. There was a really great moment in episode five where Sam asked Bucky if he's having nightmares. This is the same question which the therapist asked Bucky in episode one. When Bucky was with the therapist, he immediately said no. When Bucky was with Sam, he immediately says yes. And if you think about Sam's background, as someone who's sort of a counsellor uh, for you know, PTSD victims in the, MC- in the MCU and having been in the war, um, he just mm-hmm. knows how to talk to people with these sorts mm-hmm. of issues. And right. therefore, I think being around Sam would be the best thing for Bucky right now. And I love how they end the episode, you know, uh, Sam's got his arm around Bucky then it fades out to the title card. I really like that touch. Um, the, only, the only thing I'll say about Bucky is that I agree with you in the sense that we needed to see more. Like the Yuri moment at the, in episode six didn't hit as hard as it could because we only saw or heard from Yuri in episode one for a few minutes. And then that character is never seen mm-hmm. or heard from again until episode six. Then when we actually get to the actual moment, We only see it from Bucky's perspective. It's heavily cut. We don't get to see the full impact at that moment because it lasts about 15 seconds. We don't get to see Yuri's reaction. We don't get to see the full explanation. I thought that was a mistake as well Um, because that is the conclusion to Bucky's of central arc. We really need to see it in the same way that we get the time and attention paid to Sam and Isaiah's arc and the conclusion of that arc. We should have gotten that same treatment for Bucky. And I was disappointed that the show didn't go all the way there with that moment in particular.
2: Where was bisexual Bucky? <laughs> Where was he? Where was he? <laughs> Where was he? Because look, I I understand that like a lot of the the queer baiting, you know, a, a lot of these the the ships in in fandom like this, you know, it's not really in the text, and it's people who. <laughs> are obviously projecting? quite rightly well, and also, like, quite rightly, just want to see themselves represented, yeah. in you know, the world's biggest franchise. And I'm not seeing that, and I totally get it. And but often, you go, okay, well, it's not really in the text, but like, <laughs> they rolled on top of each other and did the like very stereotypical, like, lady falls on the man and and they roll around bit. And then they also had couples therapy and they. They put their 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 knees into each other's crotches. And I don't understand how I as an individual am meant to take that away and not be like, that's sexual tension.
1: But I don't think that would I didn't read it as that. Maybe I'm just like a bloody het <laughs> like <laughs> being like God. But I just think like again, and I and I agree we need some representation. And I love the fact that Eternals is gonna be the first marvel film actually it's got an explicitly gay character with brian Tyree well, we'll Henry. we'll see we'll see because <laughs> they <laughs> well, keep no, saying his that he's you no know, they have it and the cat and i know and why i know this is because when i was reading up on it this uh lebanese actor who i've seen in a few things i can't remember his name but he's been cast as his boyfriend
2: are they gonna kiss though or is it gonna be like hello hugs they're gonna like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm very like, I'm very cynical about this stuff and I feel like I will only believe it until I see, until I see the kiss.
0: In that first episode when he's having that date uh, with the woman, uh, he sort of brings up that, he had that line about tiger pictures, which are primarily found on men's profiles. Um, so why would you have a line like that and not follow through on that whole sort of storyline, that theme? i don't
2: get it to be fair mm. i've seen a lot of i feel like the tiger thing's genderless
0: mm. okay interesting.
2: And
1: i'm sorry to bring it back but i have the name of the actor i found it it's Haas slayman slayman and he's going to be playing the husband of brian tyree henry's character the first gay superhero of the mcu <laughs> and like you know i know we could see you know i know i want to snog i'm going to need some see some kissing action but mm. yeah We, you know, you mentioned those moments of like knees touching and stuff, but actually I got more of a vibe from them that was like, they didn't want to touch. It was like, it was like, you know, very stepbrothers-esque kind Mm. of like, oh, don't touch me. Like, don't touch my leg. This is like my side of the couch. Like, do you know what I mean? I felt this, it was actually quite, I saw it as a far more brotherly thing. Like actually like some somewhat like fragile masculinity of them rolling together. They can't even handle that. But actually I saw them more as like, their broad- I saw it as a more brotherly thing but again like I said I could be just like my he- head is like I did not see yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> definitely as the that's what was interesting like as the season went on like all of that evaporated but I feel like they went I mean the fact it's just the fact that that scene was the therapist was like I do this with couples it felt very it felt like they were trying to get the fandom to you know get excited and then to fact I think one of the writers said oh we'll wait and see we'll wait and see and I, think he did, I there. saw shit I, think, I saw yeah. shit I feel like,
1: like the tactic that like <laughs> and I also think that's a tactic so many people have done to get people interested it's like we won't say anything it's like George Clooney never answered the question about like is he gay or not But I think he said it's because he didn't want to have to like deny it as if it was something bad to be gay. But I think, you know, I mean, it's like there's the kind of mystery of it to keep people guessing. But I think you're white in a way they could have just said, like, they're not gay. They could have just said they're not rather than do this whole thing. Wait and see. Yeah. Or
2: just be like well, look, in this season, we're not confirming his sexuality either way, maybe in a future thing. But it just felt really, because it, it's it's just that this is a repeating pattern that I've seen, that it's always like, oh, oh maybe yeah. you'll just have to pay all mm-hmm. this money. Yeah. <laughs> then you find out, but yeah. you won't.
0: I will say but, that Marvel, uh, Disney, Star Wars in the, as a whole, they just, it can't, they can't get away with this again. I, I They've promised... They've overpromised and underdelivered when it comes to bisexual queer representation, so many times at this point. The next time they promise something which they have with the Eternals, they better go fully in on it, um, because I for one am sick and tired of them using it as you know a motivational tactic to get people to go and see their movie, only to give us one second, yeah. of and then try and play it off as a big thing. It's not. Yeah, and they have the courage in
1: your convictions.
0: Exactly, they need to fix up with that for sure. Yeah,
2: I also just feel like when he turns up at the end in that denim jacket with that cake, it's just like there's like bisexual energy
1: there. Just like lean into it. I want to be that cake. We all want to be that
0: cake. Before we get (laughs) before we get into some more specifics, the the big major third character uh, in the show, I think, was John Walker. What did we make of that character and his arc of all?
2: It was like, again, the same thing. If it was really good until it kind of wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I loved that. I loved that they went full critical with it. Um, I, I loved that they, they lent into this, into that shot. I mean, there's that great shot that ended episode four with the Mm -hmm. bloodied shield Mm -hmm. i thought that was fantastic of like just the symbolism of it like the the blood on the hands of america um and then yeah but then it just at the end it's it's really odd because he just comes in and he helps the fight right and and they all just say hey john walker hey Mm and then he leaves and he's like goodbye and and it's, it's it's just a really odd framing because I think we're still left with the implication that you know he becomes U.S. agent at the very end, mm-hmm. um. Thanks to thanks to Elaine Bennis. <laughs> 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 I'm really obsessed that she. I really I
0: welcome
2: I love Julia, to the
0: MCU, Julia, Julia. Louis Dreyfus.
2: <sighs> I she's like my hero, so I was really excited that she turned up. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it I think like if you're gonna make him the white supremacist villain, like just. Go for it because it it seemed odd to to waver just in the last lap.
1: I think Marvel in general has this kind of um, well, the MCU as no like they're always trying to say like there is no pure evil. Like there's always like a reason why some. I think in a way that's a good thing because I think the idea that people in, are inherently bad or, like, how to do evil things is a quite naive thing, and it's easy to paint people that way because then we just ignore the signs of, like, real humans. And, like, so I think, you know, with John Walker, I think, you no, know, the fact is, like, I can mention, like, he's got, he's got, like, a black best friend, his girlfriend's mixed race. Like, he's not, like, I don't think he's, like, a full-on, like, white supremacist. He's not meant to be a full-on white supremacist, but someone who's obviously has, um, in a way doesn't even realise how his whole principles and things that he does is something that's benefited, something that is afforded to him by this notion of white supremacy that's kind of covert in a way. Like he doesn't, I don't think he even realises that that he has that prejudice. I mean, we saw it when he got taken out by, you know, uh, the Dora Milaje. It was like, oh, that moment, it, it felt like it wasn't just because they didn't have superpowers. It's because there were women, and I think black women, And I think like that is something you, these images, you can't ignore the images of that. And then what he does straight afterwards, the fact is he wanted to be better. He wanted that power. So I did really enjoy, I think, you know, shout out Wyatt Russell, because he acted the hell out of that character. It's like, you know, you know, I said before, it's like Wyatt Russell, Russell understood the assignment. John Walker did not. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, but then you know, and, and for me, that wasn't actually his ending. His like how it worked out, that that felt realistic. <laughs> it felt realistic that he would have been given the benefit of the doubt. That he would have been like hired by and different aspects. And as we know, with Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character. You know, she at one point she does wear the, you know, she's got this whole history of Nick Fury, like, mm-hmm. banged. I mean, let's see Ju- Julia and Samuel L. Jackson banged. As you can see, I need more sex in the MCU, and there's not another, <laughs> and I'd like sex in that. But like, um, I feel like, you know, we she's she has the moniker Madam Hydra. So, you know, there's an element of, anyone who's got a bit more understanding, they might think, oh, he might be working for a different part. But like, we all know the CIA and the NSA, they're not exactly. We've seen too many like espionage counter-terrorist type of TV shows (laughs) to recognize that just because he's still working for the government, it doesn't mean that he's good. It's actually just them trying to cover it all up and like, you know, let's repurpose him. (laughs) Let's use him for something else. But the fact that they're giving him the title US agent is like a very big statement of, oh, he's still representative of this country. And I think in a way that makes sense because I think the US, I mean, if you look at, I don't know you know, if you read like the Ultimates where it was like Mark Miller and the Avengers and how he like basically, you know, I think what's so good about these series is like it's really deconstructing the superhero archetypes, especially in America. And I think they do that with John Walker, you know, with Falcon with his eyebrow. It's like these, just because you have the name Captain America, it doesn't automatically make you that person and I think you know the ultimate really showed it was a criticism of like military policies and like neoconservatism and it did it in a far more direct and obvious way a critical way than I think any of the MCU has really done I still think it's like yeah the government <laughs> we're still gonna fight for them you know what I mean they've still got right so I think in a way, it's like again this is kind of pulling its punches a bit like I, I wish it would just go a bit further and say you know rather than just saying giving the government I don't know like of course you've got to give government slight like, benefit of doubt but like I, I just think like no the government's is, is causing this and they created a person like John Walker they did these bad things to Isaiah Bradley they want to like you know as we saw at the end the flag smashers had a fucking point like they're not they they believe in stuff so it's actually I think it, I wish it just be a little bit harder um on those things and really call a spade a spade <laughs> And, and you know, yeah, he's still like a kind of benefits from white supremacy, John Walker, but he's also a tool of the government that they very much rely upon and still use. And that's why they will always have this problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. There, there are characters for whom ambiguity is a good thing, but John Walker should not be one of those characters. And for the bulk of the show, it felt like the show agreed with that in terms of building him up to be an unstable dude. he's you know, the, Carice, you're know, right, that moment at the end of episode four where he kills uh, a Flag Smasher with the shield is a very distinctive image. It's one of the most distinctive images of, of the show. When you have that, and then you have him do what he does in episode six and have Sam and Bucky be immediately okay with that, with no dialogue and no character work, to show otherwise that is a problem um and i don't understand why they did that because we're talking not one episode ago they were fighting this guy who was completely off the deep end frothing at the mouth trying to kill sam and bucky saying i am captain america all this sort of stuff this was one episode ago and the fact that they go from that to Bucky quipping with Walker in the final episode, Sam giving Walker a silent nod in the final episode, signifying that they're all good. That's just bad storytelling. You can't go from there to there with nothing in between. It's bad storytelling. One, one major aspect of the show, which I don't think uh, they did very well, was the Flag Smashers. Hannah, what was your take on that?
1: I I quite like the the setup of the flag smashes. I like the fact that it was kind of talking about breaking borders and the refugee things. I loved Erin um, Kellerman as Carly. Um, anytime that someone has like a, a regional accent and is allowed to keep it, as I said in uh, our podcast before, you um, know uh, about uh, Stairway with Tony Clare. But I just uh, yeah, I love that kind of thing. I, you know, these are teenagers. These are real people. That you know, they might have superior strengths, but they're in a way they're <laughs> I suppose this is villains. It's, it's this whole classic thing: what do you do with great power comes great responsibility? And when you've seen bad things happen, how do you manifest? How do you make yourself feel less helpless? Sometimes that manifests in a good way. Sometimes it manifests in a bad way. And I think, as Sam points out at the very end, like their motives were, you know, their reasoning was quite legit. Like I think we've we've, made, we've said this, clearly, haven't we? But we said this throughout. Like, you know, maybe there shouldn't have been boarders. Why should people? be forced into these settlements? Why they just, you know, why make people making decisions about people's lives that affect them in such a monumental way after something that's been so monumental that's happened to everyone. I mean, I suppose the the blip was a great equaliser in that I think a lot of people went through stuff. So the idea that they just want to revert back to normal when actually there is no new normal, that this is the new normal and we should be more reflective of that. So I actually quite, I, actually quite, I thought that was a, a decent, that was a better storyline for me that kind of really answered some, you know, asked some relevant questions about, you know, What's going on today and the way we use labels to kind of dehumanize people by calling refugees terrorists or you know thugs, it's all part of a narrative to kind of let the states quote maintain and remain intact and keep the powerful powerful
2: yeah, it did just kind of seem like the flag smashes were like the socialists. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I am a card carrying socialist. <laughs> oh, to <the socialists laughs> get you. Um, but I, I, I actually, I think ooh. I was very, very worried about it because obviously, yeah, it's a bit concerning the fact that, like, a show goes the socialists are the villains in this one. Um, but I, yeah, I think by the end it wasn't, it wasn't too messily handled. I think my, my one sort of odd issue with it was. Um, when when um, Aaron Kellerman, sorry, I've forgotten all the characters' names, kills um, uh, John. Carly Magentor kills um, the best friend, uh, John Walker's best friend.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's really odd to me because all she does is she throws him against a column, which is literally all the MCU heroes have been doing for for, for ten movies, and I'm, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that everyone stops and they're like oh my god she killed somebody as if for 10 years no one had killed anyone i was i'd i'd found that a little bit odd and i i think it's because it's this sort of unspoken thing that superhero movies always do where we just all have Mm. this collective pretense that nobody died when of course people in a real life situation like the avengers would have killed so many people
1: that whole opening sequence of falcon he pulled yeah. people out of helicopters <laughs> so where do you think they went like, and there's they multiple times yeah that
2: falcon just yeets somebody out of a helicopter and you're like well that person died you can't fall from a helicopter like into the river and survive you drown like that's what happens um so i unless you're bucky unless and you're you bucky. fall into a ravine mm-hmm. And then yeah, yeah. So, I still don't really yeah. understand how that happened, but that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think that that mm. was the the one the one thing is that well, look, if you're gonna talk about this idea of supremacy with the the flag smatchers and their desire for power, like you have to be more critical of the Avengers as well. And I know that the MCU has tried to do that in the past, mm. but this is the problem because like all of marvel is built on the idea of these heroes and the kids want to buy toys of the heroes (laughs) and and you know the kids don't really want to buy the the toys of super cops probably um so yeah it's just this thing like i i i like that the writers tried to go there but i don't know if we're ever gonna be able you know within a capitalist structure (laughs) to be able to be fully critical of these things in the way that it needs to Um. be
0: yeah, no, that's a very interesting point which I haven't considered. I think you're right. The only thing I would add with the flag smashes in Carly Morgenthau, I th- I think it's very interesting what they were trying to do, but it's one of those things which I think needed more setup. Um, one of the things which I really liked about One Division was it was 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 that they had that moment with Monica coming back from the blip. And I think the blip is something which uh the MCU should just return to continually over the the next few shows and movies uh, from different perspectives. And I think this was an opportunity to really show people coming back from a wider perspective and the impact that had because the Flash Smash's whole thing is a world without borders. Half the world vanished and then years later came back and how how that affects everything. Show us that. Don't just tell us that with a couple of lines. Show us that. If they showed us that from like episode one and really... Began the empathy for carly and her flag smashes there i think the character as a whole would have had a much bigger impact than she did because her storyline her arc was very very muddled all the way through i think the last episode did a lot to sort of clear that up and i think that was probably her strongest episode but all the way through there were issues with that arc um before we get into some of the fan comments and questions that we've been sent the one big character we haven't yet talked about is zemo uh What were your thoughts on Zima? Uh,
2: maybe I'm just misremembering, but I thought in the movies he was just like a guy. <laughs> he's just like a guy who was like pretty upset <laughs> about some shit. But he turns up in the show and he's like, I am European. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's everything he does. is like, <laughs> I'm the like, he's <laughs> yeah. European doing very European he- things. Look at me dancing in the club. <laughs> I've, I like, I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed that I think it's fun to just have Daniel Brühl be like Mm. (laughs) super like continental Europe (laughs) about everything but I was a little (laughs) bit like this doesn't seem like the character I remembered who was just a bit like angry in the other ones
1: yeah and I get the impression that because I remember I was pointing out like this is a guy who basically blames the Avengers for all of his family dying literally killed so many people Frame Bucky did all these things to try and get the Avengers to destroy each other, <laughs> and now he's like this, like like gentleman of leisure, like you know, Ooh, hello. Ca- ca- casually hanging out. <laughs> oh yeah, Turkish delight, I love it. Um, and also, he's now like is like it's all the, the things that you're like, oh, he's a billionaire. Also, apparently, he's got a private jet um, and all these things. I think in a way, what I what I assume is that he's had a lot of time to think about things and what you know in, well, he's been in that horrible, horrible prison that is whatever box he was put in um, at the end of uh, Civil War. Um, I wonder if it's like now he's kind of, because again, do you remember at the end of that, he was about to kill himself, Mm -hmm. but T'Challa stopped him and said, actually, no. And I wonder if he's had that time to kind of process it and actually realise like, I can't get those kids back. I've also, there's been a blip in this like five years. I mean, if you think about it, he's he's had a lot of time to think about his (laughs) actions and also thinking oh my god i miss <laughs> fine clothes i miss dancing you know these are all the things that you might do so i in a way i kind of i kind of I, I i i've created this narrative in my head i'm going with it and that's why he's now like he's now like a kind of like slightly guilty fave of mine <laughs>
2: so he got out of prison and he was like
1: where's the charcuterie report?" <laughs> yeah and he was like these are myths like it's I'm like missing. you know you it's like he's been on shipwreck. He's like, they've just had rice <laughs> for the last thing. It's like, get me a burger. But obviously he's got finer taste. Meats and um, cheeses. <laughs> Please. But also I just, I also love the fact that he's the only one who's like, I don't know, like he he's the only one who's ever who he is. In a way, he's not trying to be something that he's not. He's like very matter of fact about stuff. He's like, um, we need to kill all these superheroes. So he's still evil. He's still like got a Hannibal Lecter kind of like, kind of quality to him of like, Oh, he's very suave also mm-hmm. he's a psychic. He's like he has no He's like his moral compass is gone. Like it's not there anymore. Um but again, you know, it feels back into that like villains are human beings. Um and actually, you know, it's funny, you know, saying early, like Thanos, if you think about it, he was just an environmental terrorist. <laughs> that's what he was. He cared about the environment. So like it's just I just think, yeah, I think it's interesting and I, I thought he was love he was a really good addition. To this story, even if it was a quite small way, but also to kind of hold these heroes to account and show that actually you know not everyone should do this and you know I thought it was really wow. interesting
0: i'm I'm conflicted with Zemo because I don't wholly disagree with a lot of what you guys just said, but the rewrite of him to me was a little bit um awkward and didn't quite make sense from the civil war character we met to the zemo that we get in this story. And I think the biggest signifier of the awkwardness of that rewrite is when he puts on the purple mask for about 2.7 seconds and nobody comments on it. It's never seen or heard from again. If you don't know the comics, you really have no idea what he's just done. It means absolutely nothing to the characters in the show. Uh, And that's, you know, Marvel are typically really good in terms of adapting stuff from the comics and putting it in the MCU. Uh, and you know, giving it a really a good reason behind it, there really wasn't anything behind that. I think that was awkward. The the other thing I would say regarding Zemo, I again compared to the character that we met in Civil War, it's okay to have your bad guys just be out and out bad guys. And you know, let's we forget he killed the king of Wakanda. That's a really bad dude. And the tone of the character in that in Civil War, I think was perfect. I just don't like that character now being buddy buddy to an extent with Sam and Bucky quipping, dancing. I think that I think the dancing, I know that the internet has a love affair with that with that whole thing. I think on a separate notion taken aside taken outside of everything else, I enjoy it. But in the actual body of the show, that's not something I need to see that character do. Um this guy is a bad dude. He's done very mad bad things he's done bad things in sort of you know full view of sam and bucky and still these guys after that are hanging out with him to an extent i didn't i didn't like what they did with that
1: can we actually just like also talk about a recharacterization that literally threw me <laughs> to like really shook me to my core was um sharon carter <laughs> like, oh yes <laughs> i feel like that in a way like you know that is one transit like character development that I was really not a fan of at all interesting I think like I I just thought what it turned out her whole thing where it turned out she was the one in control and she was the one manipulating and then suddenly she's going to be let back in like I'm sorry but I'm a Peggy stan (laughs) and like I I feel like Peggy would be rolling in her grave I'm so disappointed (laughs) that they've kind of like changed Sharon into like someone who Peggy wouldn't recognize now I suppose you could say like you know, if you look a bit deeper, like, you know, Peggy was around when Isaiah Bradley was getting, tri- you know, treated on. She creates S.H.I.E.L.D. that also, you know, so she's not, you know, there's perfect people. But I just felt like that was just, it felt it just, I don't know. It just made her, it, like, and it made her evil in a way that I just didn't, not evil, but it made her a bad guy in a way that I just didn't, I didn't really understand why she would then want to get back in. Is she now going to, like, be Madam Hydra? Like, is that the Madam Hydra? Like, I, I just, I don't know, I'm a bit confused by that storyline. And I just think, again, it was... I think all the problems in this show comes down to it being six episodes. <laughs> mm. And actually we needed two more episodes or even, you know, Vision had nine, three more episodes just to contextualize and give a bit more breathing room to allow these narratives to like sink in for people to understand. But yeah, Sharon Carter, like <laughs> mm. coming at the end was just like, no, it's a big no for me.
2: Why couldn't she get a pardon? Cause everybody else
1: did. This what doesn't even make any sense either. Like... <laughs>
2: Are they pardoned Wanda. <laughs> Right, she
1: she murdered a lot she of people. She like she yeah. killed people like in what was it Lagos? It's like yeah, yeah. And I don't she know. It just seems Hydra or whatever, and they were just chill with her going to New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of choices were made in this show. Some of them worked, some of them didn't, and it all was a bit too tidily you know, tied up at the end. That it felt like not really that good. But
0: there's a theory online that says that Sharon is a scroll. Uh, which would be very, very interesting if it turns out that's true, um, and it I would, and it I would, it would make some of her character decisions in this show make a little bit more sense, but we shall see.
1: Talking of scrolls, I'm talking about uh, Winter Falcon Winter Soldier, Julia louis Draith's character. For a very long time, she is a scroll part of that Secret Invasion storyline. She is a scroll, so maybe this is also a setup. For that, so it could be,
0: oh, who knows? The long game.
1: The nice. long game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have some uh, fan comments and questions. Uh, we've got a comment here from Kevin Jackson. I just wanted to share my appreciation to Marcus Bellman and Marvel Disney for telling Sam's story, albeit briefly, and addressing America's racist history the way they did. They didn't have to do that. This could have been a lovely send-off for two semi-interesting characters, but they did do that, and they delved deep in some places too. One. I'm so happy they did. Also, America's ass just got an upgrade.
1: Oh. <laughs> that is very true. We did not see enough of those shots. Does that suit hug him the way that it hugged Steve Rogers' ass?
0: <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> we'll have to see in Captain America 4.
0: <laughs> Indeed, we shall. Um, Anna Bogutskaya uh says, says, please, can you discuss Bucky flirting with Sarah? I think Hannah has done that in an ample way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anna, I'm with you, girl. Like, we want it. We ship this relationship. We want more. Sarah and Bucky, that should be the next series. And it's just like mm-hmm. them keeping house while Sam does his missions and, like, they come back. Yeah, I'm just, this is what I want.
0: <laughs> uh, Crystalla Kiwaku, apologies if I'm butchering that name, uh, Sam's arc was very satisfying and moving. Bucky's too, but not sure where he goes from here. Very excited for Val. On Sharon, good for her. One person stands Sharon here. That's good. <laughs> good That's nice. Good
1: for her. Good for her becoming like an <laughs> evil person and infiltrating the government and now wanting to use two superpowered individuals to, you know, to exploit for her own ends. Love this. Love this for her. Lean in, baby.
0: <laughs> Lean in, girl boss. You go. <laughs> And we got a question here from Aditi Datha. Um, again, apologies if I'm butchering that name. Uh, I really need Steve's. I really need Steve's timeline to be explained. It's so confusing. If he did go back to the past and get old there, then how does his legacy exist? Shouldn't it get altered because he never existed in the future?
2: He's on the moon. Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs>
0: yeah, that I, is I, the explanation I, they give.
1: I don't know what does she mean. She doesn't. He doesn't exist in the future. Well, there's
2: two Steves. I think that's the explanation. Yeah, that's
1: the thing. Yeah. Is he? He does exist.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. <laughs> when he went back, there was still the Steve of the MCU was still yeah. going forward. He just had an yeah. alternate life. Yeah,
1: parallel. Yeah. 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 yeah, and as and as I think it's very clear that the conceit with the time time thing about taking the Infinity Stones out. As long as you, what, if you take an Infinity Stone out, that creates a time branch. But if all the Infinity Stones are within back in it, it doesn't really matter, nothing can change, like, you know, Steve can hold on to a s- shield or something like that, and that doesn't create a new time branch. The only time branch is called is when cause when you move it, which is obviously what's happening with the Loki series, because he takes a Tesseract and that causes a whole lot of drama. And he's D.B. <laughs> yes, Cooper. Indeed.
2: He's D.B. Cooper. Oh, yes! That. Oh I'm obsessed
1: with it. <laughs> I'm very excited for our spoiler special on Loki, I think that's going to be fun. I haven't seen the series yet, but I just yeah. know we're going to have a lots of chats. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, indeed. <laughs> So as we wrap up here, um, this is not the end of Sam's story at all. You know, he's just become Captain America. Captain America 4, a movie, is in the works. Um, We don't know whether or not the Falcon, or sorry, whether or not the Captain and the Winter Soldier is getting a season two. But it feels likely in the way that it didn't for WandaVision. Uh, What are our hopes for the next steps of Sam and Bucky's arcs?
1: I... I have no idea. I, I hate to say it. I'm really glad that Sam got this, and I'm sad Bucky, you know, has got through it. But I'm far more. I'm far more interested in seeing new stories. I feel, in a way, it feels like Captain America Four feels like I shouldn't even. Don't even think it should be called Captain America Four, because I think it should. I think it should be. It should be called Captain America and start again, because he is. It's still giving him his legacy that's not allowing him to be who he is on his own. I think they should call it Captain America Colong something. They're not going to call it Captain oh, yeah. America for Yeah, they? they're not going to call right, it Captain America for okay. But I just, yeah. I don't know. I just think there needs to be a bit of breathing room personally because I think, again, it's like people want to see new stories. Like, I'm far more interested to see Secret Invasion, Young Avengers, like Eternals, like all of those narratives. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I don't have, I have any expectations. My only expectation is I want Namor to finally come into the MCU <laughs> in some way. I'm hoping that's going to happen in Black Panther. Um, but you know we'll see so I'm just you know I'm happy that they got the story like the the kind of positioning I'm glad they've got the position that they are Where how that manifests in the future you know I'm easy yeah I'd love for them to have the room you know in a
2: feature film to sort of explore all the things that we talked about that they didn't really have the chance to get into um that's the thing there's so there were so many good great ideas in this show that I would just love to see explored further. Um, And let Bucky be bisexual. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I would love it. I would just think it'd be great. It'd be good for everybody. Also, let him be a lead because I think as much as this is like it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's like Captain America, the Winter Soldier. He's always been kind of a sidekick and I still think he was slightly a sidekick in this. It was more about Falcon and it was... When soldier, so you know, let him live.
0: <laughs> let him be the. Let him
1: have the spotlight a little bit. Yeah.
0: I I totally agree regarding the fact that there's much more story to tell here. I particularly want to see more of Isaiah Bradley and his son Eli Bradley, who becomes a hero uh, in the comics in his own right. I expect we're going to see him take that leap fairly uh, soon. Um, the big thing I want for Sam is leadership. The Avengers are going to come back and the Avengers are going to need a leader. I don't know if there's any other character right now who I see who has the potential leadership qualities of a Sam Wilson. And I think when it's time to bring the Avengers back, I would love to see him be put in that sort of role. That is actually the role that I imagined that uh, T'Challa would inhabit, um, because I don't think it's it's an accident that he was the first to come out of the portal uh, in Avengers Endgame. I really do think they were positioning him to have a wider uh, role in the Western world, not just in Wakanda, uh, but in the absence of Chadwick Boseman, I would love to see Sam Wilson of so step up to that step up to that plate and uh, take take on that leadership role. So take them under crossed. his wing, would you say? <laughs> Indeed. No, he
1: should be. He should get the Young Avengers together. Wouldn't it be great? Like, that would be this, fantastic. Guys, can you tell that I really want the Young Avengers? To happen?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Listen to us, Marvel. We're giving you gold. Uh, and on that note that is it for the first ever Beta Black Spoiler Special Uh, this one was dedicated to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier but there will be many more in future dedicated to a variety of things I
1: mean we're obviously going to do Corella right Well, I want to do a special audio commentary where we just watch it and it's just us recording our feelings about Emma Stone's outfit. Yeah, it's just me being like, "Yes, fuck." No, yes! there you go. It's it's a it's a Clarice corner special. Clarice's costume corner special.
0: That is what that podcast is going to be, be christened The Clarice's costume corner special on cruella I'm just yeah. going to be listening. For most of that pod, <laughs> I
1: just feel like going, yeah, work. Yeah, I'm going to be like that. Just like supportive. But, there we go. but yeah.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and do subscribe, rate, and leave us a review if you love the podcast. Tweet us if you have something you'd love for us to shout out uh, in the coming weeks. Use the hashtag fade to black pod and follow us. I am at Amon Warman.
1: I'm at Hannah Flint. And I'm at Clarice Liu.
0: Farewell (laughs) film friends, it is time to fade to black.